So it might be calling someone fat. It might be saying someone's ears look funny or that something, just something different about their appearance. I stopped participating in everything because I didn't want people to look at me. So not doing my swimming lessons, I refused to play sport, refused to present any of my assignments in front of class. And I think with kids is that they have a tendency to comment on things that are just different to them. So until you go, hey, that actually can have this impact or hey, think about what you're really saying to then get them thinking of what they really is. So yeah, I think banter is a huge a huge part of what it can look like. Like what she said to me is that she just doesn't want to stand out. She doesn't want to be different from the other kids. She came home from that really upset and she said to me, Mum, they're telling me that fat is bad and so I'm bad. We, we can't keep doing this to our kids. This is Butterfly Let's Talk. I'm Sam Iken. And in this episode, I'd like to take you back in time to primary school. Picture the playground or the classroom of your first primary school and think about the games you used to play, who you'd play them with. For many of us, these are really happy memories. Now think about some of the less comfortable things, like when you might have been teased or bullied. Most adults can remember at least a few times that we were teased in the schoolyard, and the chances are these long-past interactions have left a mark on who you are. Most of the time we look back and we try to laugh it off, but we also remember the pain that it caused and perhaps how it changed how we saw the world and how we saw ourselves. Maybe you can look back and laugh at it now, but not all of us can. Researchers are finding appearance-based teasing is a key risk factor for development of body dissatisfaction, which can have heaps of negative life outcomes from mental health to employment to romantic partnerships we've got some research that shows in children as young as eight that when they experience um, weight-related teasing specifically, that that's associated with them seeing weight as more of a problem um, and related to more intense, disordered attitudes and behaviours towards eating. Joining us again on the show in this episode is Dr. Stephanie Damiano. She's the manager of Butterfly's Body Bright program. So we know that appearance-based teasing can have an enormous impact on a child's mental health. Um, We know that it's a key risk factor for developing body dissatisfaction, which is then one of the greatest risk factors for the development of disordered eating and an eating disorder. And so what, what are some examples of things that might be said that would fall under this category? Well, it can really be any negative comment about appearance. I think when we think about appearance-based teasing, sometimes people think, oh, well, is that bullying? And and bullying tends to be, the, the word bullying implies that it's very targeted and it's ongoing, whereas appearance-based teasing can really be any negative comment that's made about someone's appearance, body shape, size, weight, anything about their appearance. Um, and often we hear amongst children that they are weight related. So it might be calling someone fat. It might be saying someone's ears look funny or that something, just something different about their appearance. And I think with kids is that they have a tendency to comment on things that are just different to them. All kids can be affected, but it's the kids with visible differences, including those at either end of the weight spectrum, who are the most vulnerable to negative comments. It really did start in primary school from a young age of 
what I can remember six years old in preschool because I did move around a lot and I was always quite naturally a very low weight and I was also very tall for my age. Um, And it wasn't ever something that I was conscious about until people started to bully me for it. This awesome person who's agreed to share some of her most vulnerable moments with us is Jenna Abassi. I'm from Brisbane, Queensland, um, and I'm a very creative person and I also work in peer work in mental health. The taunts that were thrown at Jenna are still vivid in her memory. It led them to start bullying me about other things like my teeth, my hair, my nose. And then I was I was labelled as the skinniest person in school and a rabbit. And then there were there were memes about me made on Facebook, like, you know, one like, one prayer with a picture of me. And people just got, got out of hand with bullying me because they'd see one person do it and then, you know, other people would do it. And because I, I did look different, I was very tall for my age, very slim, and I guess it's just genetics and I had moved to this to Australia from New Zealand and having an Indian background, there wasn't many people of my colour in my in my years. And Jenna says that the emotional toll that this level of bullying took on her in primary school was horrible. I, I never thought about commenting on other people, so I was really confused and I stopped participating in everything because I didn't want people to look at me. So not doing my swimming lessons, I refused to play sport, refused to present any of my assignments in front of class, um, and it continued into high school. So then I you know, started to change how I looked and thought, okay, maybe if I wear more makeup or more, more jewellery and change my hair. Um, and then I began carrying like a little mirror in my pocket so I could constantly keep checking how I looked. And I started asking people as well, do I look okay? Like, are you sure I look okay before I go into this class? Because I knew people in that class were going were gonna to look at me and, you know, make comments. Um, and then it really did begin to affect me mentally and it began to cause a lot of social anxiety and develop into body dysmorphia disorder when I was 13. And it just made me very, very shy, very anxious and just didn't want to be seen at all. Like Jenna, I was teased a lot about my size when I was young and I'd be lying if I said that it doesn't still hurt. I remember at first when I was in grade three and some kid that I didn't know wanted to insult me for some reason and blurted out the word fatty because that's what kids do. They don't have to have a clever insult. You just go with the most obvious appearance-based thing and say it out loud. And by this age, we already know through adults and through other kids that being fat is wrong and that a fat person is a bad person. It's definitely something you don't want to be. Now, I don't think my experience was any different to way too many other kids. Appearance-based teasing has been so normalized that many of us have built up some resilience to it. But some of these taunts stay with us forever. I never felt comfortable in my body. I still don't. Even in high school, when I was a top athlete, I still considered myself hugely overweight, and it was reinforced every day by the playful taunts of my peers, teachers, and coaches. This was all such a long time ago that it really shouldn't have any power over me at this point. But it does. It really does. And now as a dad with three boys of my own, I see it all happening again, and I'm determined to be as positive an influence over their body image as possible. But I'm going to need help with that. We need schools and other communities that we're in to help create a more accepting culture. This issue has so much to do with the cultural stigma around weight, which is internalized by children as young as three years old. And it's reinforced by the broader community. Just think about it. Is there a larger bodied public figure that you can think of right now who hasn't been ridiculed for their weight? I've definitely learned to not care about how I look and not, I don't experience bullying anymore or anything like that or negative comments. But underlying, I've 
always going to have that little bit of self-conscious about how I look um, and how how I present because that social anxiety never left. Experts advise that we avoid all comments about a child's appearance, even if they're compliments. Even positive comments are still based on a person's appearance and not who they are or what their bodies can do. So the message is still there. It reinforces the idea that your value is based on what you look like. They might comment on a child's gorgeous curly hair and they think that they're giving a child a compliment. But that child might be incredibly self-conscious of their curly hair. And then it might start this internal dialogue of, oh, people are noticing my curly hair and I really wish my hair was straight. And, you know, and so it kind of can spiral into, um, I guess, more body dissatisfaction. It's easy to feel helpless in the face of such deeply ingrained cultural issues. But as parents or carers, we really can affect the attitudes of our children. So I have two kids. They're both uh, girls and the oldest is almost 16 now and the youngest is almost 12. They're very different kids. So one is a small, the 12-year-old has always been in a smaller body. The uh, older kid has uh, probably from five or six became a bigger kid. And so their experience in the world has been really different. Uh, My older child has definitely experienced much more of, you know, the full brunt of that phobic comments. Louise Adams is a clinical psychologist and a podcaster who runs an online community for people who are recovering from dieting. I've always strongly raised both kids to be completely accepting of body diversity and to be aware of um, bodies coming different shapes and sizes. No one body is better than another human body. Uh, We used to read bedtime stories like The Queen with the Wobbly Bottom or we have books like My Body is Awesome. So we've always talked about bodies and in a very positive and accepting and inclusive way. So, you know, um, diet culture popped up very early for both kids. You know, it it started with the lunchbox policing in daycare, um, you know, very early on in primary school, multiple kinds of messaging would happen um you know even just learning about um like cooking and stuff like that when they're cooking pikelets and teachers are making comments about don't eat too many pikelets or you'll get fat and those Ah. kinds of things so it's, it's sort of like everywhere all the time children of higher weight and body size are especially likely to be victims of teasing bullying and victimization not only from peers but also from their family and community including teachers so when, I remember one time my older kid came home, maybe she was in year three or four, and she said, oh, mum, one of the boys who he's also in a larger body was teasing me today because you're fat and <laughs> saying your mum's fat. And I said, oh, okay. Um, and then he was sort of saying, and you're fat too to my, to my child. And the cool thing, you know, at that age, she was able to say, well, so what? And just let it drop. <laughs> Good on her. You raised that one. Up. I know. I know. I well, that but that's you know that was in year three. It's this kid's now nearly sixteen. It's much harder now. Even with all of my you know intended bulletproofing from diet culture, my larger bodied teenager <clears throat> still doesn't feel good about her body, and still has lots of thoughts about wanting to be smaller and wanting to lose weight. So it it just, I guess it shows that even if you are completely body positive and completely accepting, 
um, of body diversity, that it's still hard to be in this world as a larger bodied kid. And this is where the stigma from our broader community begins to bite. While things are moving in the right direction, it's still socially unacceptable for someone to live comfortably in a larger body in many parts of Australia. So it's up to us to help our kids, whatever their appearance, so they can thrive in the world that we live in. Experts are now saying that appearance-based teasing should be treated as seriously as any other kind of bullying at school. And more and more schools are starting to take action. They don't understand what they are really saying. Um, And yeah, lots of those jokes, even if it is between the two closest friends, they're comfortable with each other and they're kind of letting it go by. And it's not until you go, hey, that actually can have this impact or, hey, think about what you're really saying to then get them thinking of what they really is. So, yeah, I think banter is a huge, a huge part of what it can look like. Sarah Price is a teacher and a pastoral care worker from a little school in the Upper Hunter Valley in New South Wales. She says it's important for teachers to listen to what kids are saying to each other and for developing a sense of how a young person on the receiving end is reacting because they're going to need your support. It's really important to know your kids. You know, if you know your kids, you can tell when something might be off or, you know, their attitude might be, you know, a bit different when they've come in from lunchtime or they're not playing the usual game they wanted to play or um, they are choosing to sit out in sport or all the little things that, you watch and once you notice it once, you kind of go, okay, oh, okay, yep, okay, that's happened twice now, okay. And then you kind of go, okay, hang on, why is this happening? At Sarah's school, there are clear guidelines about how to deal with appearance-based teasing. I think it's really important to stay calm when it happens and to respond to the kids in a supportive and compassionate way because it is, it can be a really big thing for the kids to come and say that something's happened to them like bullying towards their appearance and I think it's also really important to be discreet because you don't want the child to be embarrassed or you want them to be open with them and and you know supporting let them know that you support them and you're happy that they could come and talk to you because then you can you can support them you can help them and I think a huge way to respond which is which Butterfly has taught us and I think it's wonderful is that if a child, you know, a child's coming up to you and they're going, Miss, such and such has called me fat. And you go, oh, you're not fat, you're beautiful. Or, oh, no, you're not fat, don't believe that. Because then it's kind of, it's throwing it out there that being, you know, larger is not okay. Or that you're kind of, you're telling them, no, you're not. And then it's kind of going that you're putting that stigma on them too without, you know, those things that you don't realise that you're doing, but it's that language you use that's so important because you don't want to reinforce those body and beauty standards. Yeah, it's your language that you use. Louise Adams is also really conscious about reinforcing stigma when we're actually trying to address it. Why is it important? Because equality is important. And, you know, this, unless we address it, inequality is going to continue. And it's, it's very important, you know, the things that my daughter's experiencing, um, if by virtue, you know, my other child is not experiencing it, just by virtue of whatever's going on with um, epigenetics and, and just what, what the body is going to do. You know, it's, it's completely unfair that my younger daughter has an easier ride in the world just because of her size. I remember so vividly 
the PE teacher who who we all thought was so cool and every, whose name was Mr. E. And everyone was like, oh, we wanted to be friends with Mr. E. And he said, if you can grab more than a, a handful of fat on your belly, then you are overweight. And then, you know, everybody uh-huh. knew who he was talking about. And so we, I was just looking at the floor and he goes, and I'm talking about you and you and you. And he pointed to three kids and I was one of them. And I, oh, I, that, that's like ingrained on my, in, the, in the back of my mind. All, uh. And it'll never go away. Why is it so important that we started primary school to try and address these problems? We we start from the beginning, like from scratch. From you know, if you imagine what a completely inclusive world would look like, then you'd be able to do PE no matter what size you were. You know, it yeah. it wouldn't be a thing. And maybe you know what goes in our lunchbox wouldn't be policed as heavily on the basis of size. My daughter had one of those like seared in the back of your brain moments in about year five. So she was in a health class. They were talking about sort of, I think they were talking about food variety and like, you know, getting getting foods from a lot of different sources and things like that. But the topic turned to healthy eating and the teacher was telling them that healthy eating is really important. My daughter said, why is healthy eating so important? And he said, so we can be at a healthy weight. My daughter said, what's a healthy weight? And he basically said, you know, BMI, blah, blah, blah. My daughter knew that he was telling her that she's not healthy. She came home from that really upset and she said to me, Mum, they're telling me that fat is bad and so I'm bad. So we, we can't keep doing this to our kids you know, she, she was told in, a, in an education situation that what she's doing, is her body is bad. Kids can't differentiate between, you know, a behaviour and themselves. And it's, it's, that's, that just made me so angry. If a child comes to you and says that they are being teased, I think the first step is always take a breath. I think as adults, we often want to just dive in and fix it straight away and make sure that they don't feel anything negative ever. Yeah, um, totally. Which, you know, yeah. is a natural instinct, I think, for us to have. So I think the first step is taking a breath and allowing the child to actually explain to you what's happening and just to listen to them without judgment. Um, thank them for telling you because it, it might have taken a lot, a lot of bravery for them to come and tell you what's actually been happening. And that might be because they're feeling ashamed or all sorts of mixed emotions about it um then I think which I touched on earlier but it's really important to explain that the comments are the problem their body is not the problem so we don't want children to think that they need to change the way they look so that the teasing doesn't happen again so we want them to see that it's the teasing that's the problem behavior Um, and so also, as part of that, we don't want to just say that the comments aren't true. So we don't want to say, oh, no, but, you know, you're not fat because then that only reinforces weight stigma. Um, or, oh, but you're just beautiful. You don't have anything to worry about. It's actually validating that, well, I'm sorry that that's made you feel that way and, you know, you don't deserve to be treated that way. The school Sarah works at is part of the Butterfly Body Bright program, which is available for every primary school in Australia free of charge we started so we started the program last year implemented it last year into our school from kindergarten to year six and it's just been wonderful 
it shifts their mindset so much in a such a positive way. They're not only teaching the kids about what they should say to other people, they teach the kids what they should be saying to themselves. So as much as it looks like uh, the ways that it's all about being bright in themselves. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's just been fantastic to see. And it's been great for the staff as well because it, it doesn't just target the kids, it also targets the staff too. And we've changed things in our staff room and the language that we're using with each other too. And that just will flow on for generations. Butterfly Body Bright is an Australian first program that provides primary schools with an evidence-based, very strength-based approach to promoting positive body image and a healthy relationship with eating and physical activity in children. Um, and as a little plug, it's free for schools <laughs> to, to register um, right across the country. In terms of how it helps address appearance-based teasing, the program aims to really target that peer environment, particularly in the curriculum content. And the idea is very much about encouraging children to treat each other with respect but also to stand up for themselves and others in the face of appearance-based teasing. There's a link in the show notes that'll take you to all you need to know about Butterfly Body Bright, and I encourage you to go check it out. Yeah, I feel like there could be some education around the effects of bullying and some, you know, like give some students some reality of how that can affect people with lived experience stories. Lived experience talk is speaking about how it has affected them so they can see the effects of bullying and that it, it is traumatising and it can cause severe lifelong effects. Um, so I feel like, you know, providing schools with about how bullying can affect people would really give that reality check to young people um, so they can see that, you know, maybe right now it's not affecting them but later on it could. I'm teaching my kids to be critical thinkers especially in this area of health and food and all of that kind of stuff. Think critically. It's okay. That's why my kid was like asking the teacher these questions. No one thinks to ask these questions because we just uncritically accept that fat bodies are bad, thin is good, it's controllable. If you eat the right way, blah, 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 you can be that thin person. So the, the most important thing to teach your child is to be a critical thinker. Like if something doesn't sit right, if something doesn't feel right, or if you feel shame because of what the teacher is saying about your body size, come home and talk to me about it and we'll unpack why, why it's bullshit. <laughs> if you're still interested in Butterfly Body Bright, go to butterflybodybright.org.au and that'll tell you how schools can get started. There's also resources for families in there. And there's a link to help you invite a school if you would like to suggest that they get involved. If you're struggling right now with the body image issue or perhaps an eating disorder, you can call the Butterfly National Helpline at 1-800-334673. That's 1-800-ED-HOPE. You can also chat online at butterfly.org.au or email support at butterfly.org.au to get the ball rolling. Butterfly Let's Talk is produced for the Butterfly Foundation by Icon Media. It's hosted, edited, and produced by Sam Icon. That's me. Our executive producer is Camilla Beckett. We have lived experience support from Kate Mulray. And if you could do us a huge favor and leave us a five-star rating and maybe a little bit of a positive review, we would be eternally grateful. I'm Sam Icon. 
thank you so much for your company.